Good morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Radio, the show that brings you some of the world's most intrepid people. I'm your host, Todd Schnick. I'm joined by a very good friend of mine and best-selling author. Welcome to the show, Carol Morgan. Carol, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show, Todd. It's my pleasure. Carol, you and I have done an awful lot of radio together, but I don't think I've ever actually had you on Intrepid Radio. I've had you on some other shows of mine, but not this one. So I'm glad to have you here. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So we're here to talk about your newest book, Social Media 3.0. Tell us all about it. It is a really fun book for people who are looking to get started in social media. It's got lots of how-tos. I mean, it will literally walk you step by step step through setting up most sites. And then for those of you know out there who are listening who already have sites, it will give you some ideas on how to use them more comprehensively and strategically across your entire marketing program. And it has tons of examples from all sorts of different industries in it on effective programs. So it's for the beginner and the advanced social media practitioner, yeah? Yes. You know, of course, if you're super, super advanced, then, you know, you know, you'll probably still take a few nuggets away. But, you know, for the basic business owner who's trying to figure out you know, how to get started and, OK, now I have these sites. How do I use them? This is the perfect book for them. You know, Carol, on that idea, I, you know, I, I honestly don't think there are that many organizations that are super, super advanced. I, I think there's always some learning to be had to to get better at this, to better utilize the technology and the tools that are available to you. This is your third book. I think the first book was called Social Media for Home Builders, and then there was Social Media 2.0. It's easier than you think. This is Social Media 3.0. Is this this just the mirror third edition? Well, it's a third edition, but it's a pretty hard rewrite. I would say it's about 40% different than the last version. It has pretty much, I mean, I, I yanked entire chapters out of it and added some new ones. So I think that it, you know, flows a lot better in terms of how people should be thinking through the social media process today. And it's got a ton of new content. It addresses, you know, mobile websites, the Panda and Penguin updates that Google rolled out last Last year, you know, how to get started with podcasting, which you helped me with. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you for letting me be part of that. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, and then changes to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you know, Pinterest, and then all sorts of information and suggestions on how to use, you know, Google Plus, Hows, Instagram, Foursquare. So there's a lot of new content. Just, you know, think about how much the social media landscape has changed in the last 12 to 18 months. And that's how much the content in this book has changed. Well, we'll get into some of this change in a minute, but uh, this book is put out by the publishing arm of the National Association of Home Builders, uh, NAHB Builder Books, but this isn't just for home builders, right? Correct. It is not just for home builders. And actually, they're using a subsidiary of their main publishing arm called myhomepress.com as the publisher for this book because it really does cross over. It still has a pretty heavy builder focus, but we added examples of companies from all different types of verticals into the book. You know, I've got um, a barbecue uh, joint, you know, in here, you know, a place that sells barbecue. I've got, you know, a spa. There's just lots of different examples you know, all the way up to, you know, companies that sell toilets. Well, I can't wait to read that chapter. <laughs> a mutual friend of ours, David Meerman Scott, uh, he put out a book called The New Rules of PR and Marketing, I think probably mid-2000s. Uh, and I, he's coming back on the show in a few weeks to promote the fourth edition. So you guys who are who are doing the, the hard writing on this whole idea of social media, there is just so much change and profound change and dramatic change. And there's things in, in 
this in, in your in your third book that that didn't even exist when he wrote the second uh, edition, if you will. Uh, talk. Let's go deeper in some of the things that that are new since the last one. I, I, this focus on mobile to me seems well, to be so critical and and so woefully underdone in most organizations. Well, you know, really think about mobile. You know, not only should you have a mobile website, which is what the book really focuses on, but you look at the number of people who are coming to your website from mobile and the number of people who are on their mobile phone when they're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Foursquare and YouTube and, 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 and. And it's just critical that you think mobile and you think handheld and make it all work in that platform as well. And most businesses just haven't gotten there yet. Do they need to walk us through what we should be doing there? Should we be getting, should we be creating our own app? Should we pray that our website is mobile friendly or do we actually need to go so far as to do when we build a website that we're creating one that is specifically designed to be accessed and perused on on a mobile device? Well, I would say when you create your website, you should build it in responsive design. And responsive design um, is is the way websites are built now. And basically what it means is that when a user opens their smartphone and goes to your website, they hit your website, the website realizes that they're coming from a small handheld device and sizes the website appropriately for their screen. So you're basically building your website in different modules or kind of, you know, chunks, as you will, of content so that those those content, you know, blocks can be displayed different ways depending on the size screen that you're looking at. All right. You talked about, you mentioned there's some discussion in the book about Panda and Penguin, some very critical updates from, from Google. Uh, you know, SEO is one of those things that just freaks out so many people, myself included, frankly. Uh, why, why is that relevant to, to a small business guy? Well, it's really relevant to small business because, again, you know, 90% of our customers are finding us through search. You know, we like to say that Google is everyone's homepage. Just, just think about it. Even if you're just looking for a new dry cleaner, chances are you're going to go to Google first to look for the dry cleaner, to look for that Chinese place, to get the phone number of you know Pizza Hut. So it's critical that when somebody searches you on Google, or any of the other search engines that you come up on page one, because if you don't, you're probably not even going to be found. So, so, so SEO is critical. And the big changes that were made, you know, in the past year in SEO are critical to keep up with, because what they've really done is changed the way that SEO is done today. It is very, very important now more so than ever to have fresh, unique content that you write on all of your social media sites and on your website. And most companies just don't take the time to write new content. Is that simply handled, Carol, by by blogging? Absolutely. Blogging is the number one way to get that fresh content on your website. And it's the easiest way, quite quite frankly, because every time you add a new blog post, you're adding a new page to your website. And when you add a new page to your website, you invite the search engines to come back and to index that content. All right. Well, I get that. I mean, I understand that. That makes perfect sense to me. A lot of the organizations I interact with, Carol, and I'm sure you come across something very similar. They say, all right, Carol, I intuitively get the idea of putting out fresh content, but how in the heck am I going to come up with all this content? What do I write about? How do you begin to address some of those those challenges? 
That's a great question, Todd. And I get that, that question a lot. I think that people are so close to their business, they don't necessarily always realize what would be interesting to consumers. So, you know, once I sit down with a business owner and ask them, okay, well, what are you already doing? What content are you already putting out there? You know, chances are they're running specials and incentives that they have some sort of e-blast that's going out to their customers. They may even have an email newsletter. Perhaps they're already writing press releases. So often a lot of the content already exists and other forms. But if it doesn't, you know, you just start asking, okay, you know, what's your business process? You know, who are you looking to reach? You know, do you have testimonials we can use? I mean, it's usually not hard to find two or three happy customers that you can interview and get, you know, testimonials and case studies on a business for. And then you can use those as part of the social media content. Carol, when you talk about social media, you obviously have to talk about Facebook and Twitter. And and the, the beautiful thing about those two networks are is they're so ingrained into culture now. You can't see an advertisement. You can't see, heck, you can't see placement on a bus that doesn't have some Facebook icon on it. It's so it's so ingrained into our culture now, but I still feel like most organizations are not leveraging those those vehicles the way they should. Uh, what what are some of the things you, the new things you talk about with regards to? Facebook and Twitter? Well, we really talk a lot about engagement and how to get the audience that you already have on those sites engaged. You know, Facebook, one of the biggest and easiest ways to get engagement is to post more photos. I think photos are viewed something like 83% more as a statistic I just saw last week, specifically on the Facebook channel. Um, you know, Twitter, you know, follow the people you want to follow you, engage with them, interact, retweet their stuff, you know, be interesting, be entertaining and, you know, be on the side. Being there and having a profile there isn't isn't enough. Using it is what it takes to start to get you know interaction. You know, going back a little bit to Facebook, one of the things we talk a lot about in the book is Facebook advertising. Um, you know, all of these sites are somewhat becoming pay to play, and Facebook certainly is one of the leaders in that. We've really been able to increase engagement for clients by launching you know what I would call minimal Facebook buys, anywhere between two hundred and fifty and five hundred dollars a month, to really increase fans and increase engagement. What are some tips, Carol, on how to make those ads more effective? I mean, I, I have uh, I have begun to recently explore some Facebook advertising because I agree with you. With the 1.1 billion people, there's just so much noise on Facebook that the advertising almost helps you kind of get noticed and cuts through that clutter a little bit. Uh, what are some things to do right there? What are things that some people are doing wrong there? Well, as far as advertising, it, it's interesting. You may have to test it and tweak it a little bit. But the nice thing about Facebook is you can really stealthily, behaviorally target who you want your ads to be seen by. So you can eliminate everyone who's already a fan of your page, or you could target just the fans of your page. And you can drill down into, you know, area of town, you know, sex age, you know, kind of walk of life. Are they a newlywed? Did they just get engaged? You know, all the way to what other pages they like on Facebook. It's super fun to do because you really can identify your target market there through the behavioral targeting. The event ads seem to get the most attention. You know, if you have an ad that is, you know, date specific, um, those are the ones that play very, very well on Facebook. Those do much better than just the like our page ads. But we have found the um, the page ads that you're just trying to get someone to like your page. It all has to do with the photo. So, you know, having a great photo with the ad, again, this goes back to a picture's worth a thousand words. You know, people are going to look at the photo and decide whether to engage with you or not. Well, I don't think 
some of these organizations, we, we talked a minute ago about organizations struggling to come up with content. I, I hope they understand that a photograph is content. At least it is in my opinion. And think about some of the new tools that I think you're referencing to a much heavier degree in, in this book, uh, Pinterest and Tumblr and Instagram. I mean, talk about Instagram. I mean, Holy cow. how's that changing how we do things on social media? The rise of Instagram has been amazing. I mean, to me, that's the hottest new site out there right now. I mean, even, um, and, and you may disagree and others may disagree. I think it's hotter than Pinterest. Uh, it's easy to use. It's it's engaging. You know, you can choose uh, to follow you know your friends. You can choose to follow other businesses. It's just a fantastic visual medium, and people like it because you know you take the photo with your iPhone or you know your your Droid, and then once you have the photo, you can choose to filter it a number of different ways, and you know quote unquote improve your photography, and then you can share it from there to a number of different social networks. So it really gives you the opportunity to leverage that photo across multiple platforms, which does seem to be something that people willingly accept. I know you know Todd, you and I talk offline a lot about how. It's typically a bad idea to post all of your, you know, Twitter updates through to Facebook. And, you know, a lot of times that interconnectivity can be very bad because the content is no longer in context when you post it on a different social media site. But with Instagram, that certainly is not the case. You know, case uh, photos are applicable everywhere. I, I tweet a good number of the photos. I Instagram as well. Yeah, I do the same thing. And, and I love Instagram. And I and I share your opinion that Instagram is is far hotter than than Pinterest, but I don't want to I don't want to convey the message that Pinterest isn't relevant because it just might be. And and if it has impact on your space, so for instance, using the home builders, uh, which is you know a principal target audience of this book, I think Pinterest is almost essential. Oh, I completely agree. You know, Pinterest, and there's another very specific site that's similar to Pinterest called Howls mm -hmm. that is very applicable for home builders. And with all of them, it just depends on how effectively they use them. And I can give you an example. Um, we were just reviewing tracking reports last month, and we had one home builder that got about 100 click-throughs from Pinterest of people who spent two to three minutes on their website, wow. which I thought was fantastic. I mean, that's some of the best numbers I've seen from Pinterest yet. And then another home builder that had maybe 75 clicks from Pinterest that spent I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds on site. And I'm like, wow, what's the difference? You know, two seemingly similar home builders in two completely different markets, you know, two different states, in fact. So I went digging through their Pinterest accounts and realized that one of them had pinned photos from their website. Every single photo, if you clicked on the photo, linked back to their website. The other home builder had taken their photos and uploaded them directly to Pinterest. So all the photos were on Pinterest, and you could see, view, like, and interact with them on Pinterest. But if you clicked on them, they didn't take you anywhere. That's the true power of, of Pinterest, uh, is the ability to link, to link through to, to a landing page somewhere. I mean, that's the real power there. I suspect you go into detail on that in the book, yeah? Yes. I mean, and, that, and it's just really important to have that photo live somewhere, not just, you know, upload it directly to Pinterest. So that's something we've been working on, um, you know, basically a set of Pinterest guidelines that we're now going to send out to all of our clients, you know, many of whom post their own photos of, you know, hey, this photo really should live on one of your assets you know, before you load it to Pinterest. You talked a minute ago, Carol, about success on Facebook, but I think you were probably referring to virtually every social network, this idea of engagement. Now, you and I have been messing around in the social media space for a long, long time now. A lot of people are tired 
of that <laughs> word of engagement, and it's 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 kind of stale now. But it, it's so essential. I mean, I, too many people will pat themselves in the back and and they'll post a few pictures to Pinterest. They'll slap up blog posts here and there, and then they'll just broadcast the link to that post on all the networks, and then pat themselves in the back and say, "I'm done. I did my job. I'm a social media expert." When in fact, that's just but one element to it. Talk more about this engagement thing. Help people understand the the true power of the relationship building nature of that interaction that engagement on social media yeah well, engagement on social media really starts with your own team within your company you know you've got this whole captive audience of employees or you know even your vendors who you could start engagement with so you know we always say step 1 is Teach your internal team how to connect with your content. Get them to share it. Get them to content, you know, comment on it. And then you start reaching out to your, you know, happy, loyal customers and find ways to get them to engage and to share your content. And that could be as easy as a, as a sale or as posting photos of them and tagging them. Posting things that they want to share, and again, photos are just huge for that. And then once you've gotten those two groups involved, then you can start looking and reaching out to potential buyers, because then when potential buyers come back to your pages, they see other activity there, and they see a reason to come back. I think a lot of times people just jump out there and start trying to talk to the hardest group of all to talk to, which are the potential buyers. It's a lot easier to get that engagement and interaction with the people who already know and love you. Well, it can become a customer service outreach mechanism too, yeah? yeah? It certainly has. It's become the customer service mechanism, whether you want it to be or not, in most businesses' cases. You know, right. look at look at the big airlines, look at, you know, Coca-Cola, and then, then go scroll through their Twitter pages. It's, it's interesting. Twitter seems to have become, you know, the place that people complain if they're going to complain to the bigs. And it's where, you know, if you've got a good clout score, we talk a little bit about clout in the book as well. If you have a good clout score, they'll probably respond to you. If you don't, eh, good luck. Well, let's talk about clout. It's one of those things that equally angers and equally thrills people in this space. Uh, uh, I, I worry that people try to game clout and try to do things to to get heighten their clout score when in fact, if they just do everything that we've been already talking about, this notion of putting out helpful content, engaging and interacting with an audience in a meaningful way. If you do those things, doesn't clout just take care of itself? I think it does take care of itself if you do those things in a meaningful way. Part of it has to do with, you know, the number of people who interact with you. You know, if you're just out there posting, 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 you can post all you want. But if people aren't responding to your content, they don't consider it relevant. You still will not have a high cloud score. So, you know, it's really the same principles, you know, for you as a person or you as a company to have a good cloud score is it's not just posting, you know, and pushing a one-way message. It's, it's building an audience and building relevance with that audience and having them see you as, you know, someone they want to interact with and then them actually taking time to interact. All right, Carol. Well, you and I could talk about this stuff all day long. In fact, we might have to have you back on to keep talking. But for purposes of this show, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they learn about, more about your organization and relevance? And finally, where can they get their hands on this book? Wow. Okay. So how they can get in touch with me, they can visit uh, marketingrelevance.com and they can find me through there. As far as the book, you can order the book from myhomepress.com. All right. Well, Carol Morgan, the author of Social Media 3.0, It's Easier Than You Think. It was great to have you, my friend. Thanks for making some time to join me. Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always nice to talk to social media. 
Media with you, Todd. Outstanding. All right, well, that wraps the show. On behalf of my guest, Carol Morgan, I'm Todd Schneck. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Radio.